Trade deadline spectacular. It was one of the greatest trade deadlines we have ever seen. Tons of players on the move. Chubb, Claypool to go with previous moves we'd already talked about. McCaffrey and Bradley Chubb and Hawkinson and uh, Roquan Smith and so many players changing teams at the NFL trade deadline. Matt and I will get into all of it and our takeaways on the sellers and the buyers in 2022. Coming up right now. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter. Not going to be able to get to the mailbag today because there were so many trades. <laughs> I thought we are going to have two trades to talk about and then talk mailbag and get into some questions that probably revolved around it. But no, uh, we had uh, an unbelievable amount of action at the trade deadline. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Thanks, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Before we get into any of this, Matt, I want to congratulate you. No. Oh. Foresight before the season even started. Do you remember a trade, a fictitious trade you threw out there that you thought would be really beneficial to both teams? And it was the Bears and the Steelers swapping Roquan Smith for Chase Claypool and Devin Bush. Yeah. I thought it was a great trade. And I was like, you know what, Matt? That is fantastic. I can't <laughs> any holes in it. And lo and behold, Chase Claypool is now a Chicago Bear. I want to start with Chicago. And Roquan isn't. And Roquan is not. Right? <laughs> uh, and unfortunately for the the Bears and the and the Steelers, maybe they should have done this deal a lot sooner. That could have helped the trajectory of both of their seasons, perhaps. Um, but I actually like for the Steelers how this ended up maybe even better because of the pick they got back for Chase Claypool. The Bears obviously um, moving Roquan Smith. That was a move we had talked about already on yesterday's podcast. It was done before the deadline. And, uh, you know, the Baltimore Ravens, and we talked about the pluses and minuses there. I thought it was a good move, a prudent move for the Bears. I'm not sure why they needed to wait so long if teams maybe just didn't come calling before the season started. But then they made a move as a buyer as well, going to the Steelers to pick up Chase Claypool. Wide receiver has one more year left on his contract for a second round pick. And the, the, the pick they gave up, which is key here, wasn't the pick they got from the Ravens for Roquan Smith. They gave up their own second round pick. And apparently the Packers were poking around on this, offering their pick. Both those teams, the Bears and the Packers, surprisingly at three and four. But in the end, the Steelers probably wisely thought, you know, I think the Packers probably end up with a better record. So the Bears second rounder is better than the Packers second rounder. I think that's accurate, but that's a lot for the Chicago Bears to give up for a player who only has one and a half years left on his contract. And how about the first half of the season where Justin Fields could have really used somebody like Chase Claypool, where teams just not willing to sell before the deadline. But uh, Matt, you eventually got this mostly right. So congratulations to <laughs> you. And the first thing I got to ask you is what are the Bears getting in Chase Claypool? Is he a number one? Is it worth it to, to send a, a pick that's potentially 
you know, in the high 30s here. We're talking early in the second round. This pick could be top five, top 10 in the in the in the round because you can get a lot of really talented players in the draft on a four year rookie contract. But you're getting a veteran with only one year left on the contract. So what do you think about this trade of the Bears going and getting Chase Claypool and and who are they getting in Chase Claypool? Yeah, I think you nailed it. I think they were talking about either their early third or that Ravens second, and the Steelers were considering it. And then Green Bay comes in and said, we'll give you our second. Well, okay. And then I think the Bears said, well, we'll give you our second. And I think it's an overpay. I mean, as a Steeler person, I'm super excited about it. I think they got a $1.50 for a dollar you know, in, in return. And Claypool's a good player. He'll help them. But now the Steelers pretty much are – pretty close to assured to having three picks in the top 45, which never happens in my lifetime. You know, it's going to be awful fun to all the possibilities you can go down the road. Claypool's big and fast. He's inconsistent. He's played better and better as the season's gone on. Most of his success before this year is an outside guy. They moved him into a big power slot role with mixed results. But I mean, his quarterbacks and situation hasn't helped him either. The misconception is, oh, he's going to go up and high point the ball and he's a rebounder. He really isn't. I mean, he plays much smaller than he is. Um, he's good on the move. Um, a little disappointing, but they weren't going to pay him in a year and a half. They just paid Deontay Johnson. They're looking at Pickens already saying, well, we're going to pay him. So we're not paying somebody in between. Uh, Austin could take that role next year. I'm sure they'll draft one. They have a really good draft history, of course, with receivers. And a big factor here, I bet, with the Bears' perspective was, hey, we have $100 million in cap space. But if you look at the upcoming free agent receiver class, it kind of stinks. Like, I can't go buy one. So They all I got swallowed well, up already. Yeah, right. So I might as well get the extra, what, eight or nine games with Fields make his life a little easier. These guys can build a rapport and he's a lot different than Mooney, but I do think they overpaid. I agree. So we'll look at it when the Steelers are on the clock with that second round pick now and look at the wide receivers available and think, man, would the bears have been better off drafting one of these guys, but you don't have to wait for the development either. Right. You have a player you can plug in that is a starting caliber player on the outside who wanted more go balls in the Steelers. And Hey, Justin Fields, if there's one thing he can do is throw a pretty dang good deep ball. So maybe we'll see sure. some more explosives there for chase Claypool as uh, as the, uh, the, the starting receiver over there for the, the uh, Chicago Bears. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you look at ahead for the Steelers, you got you got your Z in Deontay Johnson. You got your X, like prototype X in George Pickens. And then yep. you got Calvin Austin in the slot who, unfortunately, he's going on IR for the year. That was an yeah, He's one. out for the year, right. He's, I thought he said he was going to be ready to go. So I don't know if they just, maybe they would have not done that. Well, he hasn't practiced since like the first couple days of training camp. So they didn't really know what they had in the guy mm -hmm. and they didn't want to cut one of their receivers. So they pretty much just said, well, you're gonna have to wait till next year. Yeah, I wonder if they knew that they were going to trade Claypool if they would have not done the IR route. So they probably, would have been able to probably. plug him in at this point now. Yeah. But yeah, he would be a nice slot. So you've got your perfect combination of guys there. And I'm sure he'll get some competition there potentially in the draft, maybe mm -hmm. with that second round pick by the Steelers, uh, who are so good at plucking wide receivers in the draft. So that's the oh, the Pittsburgh Steelers also made another move, Matt. William Jackson going from Washington to Pittsburgh, swapping sixth and seventh. So almost almost nothing there, nothing. but adding some is that a long term move? Do the, the Steelers maybe still those are still playing for something, right? I mean, they're not like the fact that they sold a wide receiver doesn't mean that they're tanking at this point. Here's the history with William Jackson. They loved him coming out of school. 
They had a big cornerback need. They thought there was a very good chance he would be their first-round pick. Bengals grab him right before the Steelers pick. They settle for Artie Burns. That doesn't go well. William Jackson goes to the Bengals, was coached by Calvin Austin, the current Steeler defensive coordinator, and the Steelers played against him twice a year, and they've adored him ever since. He became a free agent. They put a, a good offer in for him. Washington, frankly, overpaid him. He went to Washington, played a lot more zone than man. He's more of a man guy, but he's 30 years old. All it is is cap space, and you could cut him tomorrow, and it won't cost you a thing. Um, they're trying to figure out Witherspoon, Wallace, Sutton, and Jackson, and I assume Jackson will go right into a starting spot, and they're hoping they find their next Joe Hayden. Yeah, my guy Eric Crocker talked to, to me about that uh, off the air from the Locked On 49ers podcast, and he's a former DB, and he's like, yes, fits sometimes. It, it's not good. Yeah. And, you know, Namdi Awesome was the famous one, played Perfect. one away with the Raiders, big-time free agent, asked him to do something else. It didn't work out. Uh, and something like 16 of 19 completions for 140 quarterback rating or something like that into William Jackson's coverage this year. So definitely wasn't working there. We'll see if, if, if uh, they can figure it out with the Pittsburgh Steelers going forward so big moves there for the bears and the steelers moving on another very active team was the miami dolphins bradley chubb going from the broncos to miami tons of other moves as well to break down on this trade deadline special which was a lot more active than i think we expected tons to get to on today's program did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package thefts spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off. Let me see that again 50% off their award winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy an advanced security and enhanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. And the reasons to love Simply Safe are simple. You can make a custom system, uh, any sort of wide variety of high-tech sensors on any door, any window you need, a crystal clear HD live stream of your security cameras so you know what's going on when you're inside the house. On the outside, you know what's going on at home when you are not there. And of course, in an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system we recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL. This is their biggest discount of the year, so do not wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL. There's no safe like Simply safe. Thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Miami Dolphins, busy in this one, adding a couple of players at the NFL trade deadline. Matt, the greatest trade, trade deadline of all time? Oh, yeah. Flurry yeah. of activity, some big names, oh. double the amount of trades in any other day in NFL history, except for draft day, I'm sure. But, yeah, I mean, that it's a blast. And, and even, even leading up, it was one of the best ones, just from, like, the, the previous week of trades, and it sort of, like, yeah. gained momentum. And then on the day, you saw so many moves up to the deadline, which we had really never seen before. And so that was so much fun. The Miami Dolphins, a big part of that, being active, they – 
they have been active with tons of trades. And now, Matt, the uh, the, the the Trey Lance trade up has been completed because that was the last mm-hmm. pick that the Dolphins got from the 49ers, three consecutive years of first round picks. And they ended up with Jalen Waddle. They traded for Tyreek Hill and now trade for Bradley Chubb. That's pretty darn big impact for those three draft picks waddle Tyreek Hill and now Bradley Chubb what are your thoughts on Bradley Chubb for a first round pick going to the Miami Dolphins from the Denver Broncos yeah and if you didn't cheat you'd still have your own first round pick so there's that factor (laughs) I never loved yeah I I never loved Chubb I always thought of him as a 1b type of guy you know I mean it did great work when Von Miller was on the other side but he's having his best year, in my opinion. I mean, I think he's been a real difference maker for those guys. Strong, versatile run, powerful guy. Nice addition for sure. I mean, Miami's very aggressive right now. You mix him in with Phillips and Ingram and Ogba. I mean, you could put a NASCAR package together with those guys as well. You know, and Wilkins, they have a good front. And their defense is built on blitz and leaving corners on islands, but their corners that they're counting on aren't there Jones in particular. So maybe we'll blitz less and make our corners life a little easier. It's a lot to give up. Um, I think it's a good deal for Denver considering all the, you know, they need to kind of step back there and I'm shocked they didn't trade Hamler or Judy or somebody like that as well to get even more picks. Um, I don't think chase Edmonds mattered to be very honest with you. My, My hunch is it's almost like a fantasy trade and it's a total hunch by me is, uh, Miami's probably like, hey, we're going to make a deal for Jeff Wilson as well. In order for this to work, you have to take Edmonds off our books. We never should have signed him. He was never a good fit here. I'll throw him in, and my and Denver might look at it like, ah, eh, we'll take a chance on him. We get a little bit of cap space. Maybe he gets we get something out of him. Right. They lost Javante Williams, so you get a, yeah. you know, a capable running back, and uh, the Dolphins now can reunite Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson yeah. with their, their former – running game coordinator now the head coach of the Miami Dolphins in in McDaniel so um a nice little one two there and you know Jeff Wilson can do a lot of what Chase Edmonds did and give mm-hmm. you some short yardage he's a powerful guy runs hard can catch the ball a little bit out of the backfield where he most obviously the guy that with the big speed and the big plays so um I like the moves from the Miami Dolphins perspective and with the with the Denver Broncos again the Packers sniffing around and the Packers aren't the type of they're a draft and develop team. Right. And, and I know there were some questions in the mailbag that we're not gonna be able to get to, but we can kind of cover this now because the, the, the question was, you know, Packers shouldn't be surprised because the Packers aren't making moves, right. Cause they, they never make moves. And I think they tried, but they're not going to ever be the type of team to overpay. And the Broncos no. were like, you have to give us first rounders for Chubb and for Judy and the Packers, I assume were willing to, and according to some reports were, were willing to, to do that second round pick that they offered for Claypool for Jerry Judy and the, the, the Broncos wanted more, you know, they wanted an overpay. They ever wanted a one or another pick to go along with the second. And the Packers aren't the type of team to do that. They'll say, no, we'll develop and we'll draft again. And that's, that's how the, the Packers roll. So I think that's why we saw, you know, only certain players get moved at the deadline because the teams have to be willing to pay. And a lot of GMs aren't just going to give guys up for nothing. Yeah. And I meant to mention this from a Denver perspective as well for this trade. They still have Randy Gregory, a uh, high-quality player, a little volatile. They used a second-round pick on Nick Benito. And one of my favorite, you know, emerging players is Baron Browning. Like, he's not Micah Parsons, but he's linebacker-turned-edge. And I think we're going to see more of these conversions. Great athlete. He's a really good player. So they're not short on edge rushers. That was something they actually had a little bit of a surplus on, turned that into picks. And, and you're right about the trade stuff. I mean, 
And, and if you're Green Bay and you're really being honest with yourself, isn't a first round pick probably more valuable than Jerry Judy or, you know, or second round pick than Hamler considering right. where you're at, you're not going to win it all this year. I, I totally agree. Right. And wide receivers can take a little longer than maybe say a pass rusher or a running mm-hmm. back or certain positions to really get the system, get involved, build that chemistry with the quarterback and in the passing game. So some of those things can, can take a little bit of time and, and you might not even be really firing on all cylinders with Aaron Rodgers until late in the season anyway. And if, is this team even going to the playoffs? We'll find out. Um, but I would have loved to see Jerry Judy in, in green Bay. So, but unfortunately Packers were not able to get one of those moves done. Mm-hmm. How about, I didn't even know you could trade suspended players. Did you know that? Well, that's the weirdest trade I've ever seen. Right. I'm still not sure what Atlanta's getting back. So the way I understand it, the Atlanta Falcons, in return of trading wide receiver Calvin Ridley, who is currently suspended by the league, to the Jacksonville Jaguars, the, the Jaguars, if Calvin Ridley turns out not to really play, mm-hmm. then they're giving up a... I know the minimum Atlanta gets a fifth round pick next year. It's a, okay. So it's a fifth rounder and like a sixth or seventh. And then at maximum, if Calvin Ridley does play, then the compensation package would be a 2024 second rounder and a 2023 fifth rounder. So the 2023 fifth rounder is part of it. The question is the next draft, does the 2024 second rounder go to the Falcons or not? And that depends on what Calvin Ridley does for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I, I need to, I don't mean to correct you, but I, I think it was more this way is they're definitely getting a fifth next year, but if they extend him, they get a second or they something about uh, that's where I'm screwed up because it's something to do with a contract extension hurts the Jags in this process. So if he's good and you love him and you extend him, you don't get as much the next year. You get a fourth instead of a second or something along those lines. Again, it's the most confusing trade ever. (laughs) Yeah. Or it might be a sixth instead of maybe a second. It's a big difference, but re-signing him is key. Okay. So So if you hate him and you don't re-sign him, you get a good pick. If you love him and you re-sign him, you don't get a good pick. Uh, For Atlanta, you mean the the Jaguar. If the Jaguars re-sign him and love him, then Atlanta gets the second round pick from the Jaguars. Right, exactly. Yeah, I said that wrong. You're 100% right. So it costs you more draft pick wise to keep him. Yes, right. But that would mean that trade was good and you liked him and And you keep him and it ends up being a second rounder. Right. And it's a good way for the Jaguars because it'd probably be hard for them. Like they saw last, and part of this is probably what they saw last offseason, how hard it was. They had to overpay for guys to come in as free agents anyway. So they used the trade market instead. Um, and then you could still draft some guys as well to try to get those wide receivers over there. And Calvin Ridley, if everything's right, is a is a number one guy for you. Yeah, uh, I love it from the Jags perspective. And he was never really in Atlanta's equation. There was all kinds of it seemed like a foregone conclusion that he was going to get traded before he got suspended. Then, of course, nobody wanted to. Not only the conditions super weird, though, but this didn't have to happen at the trade deadline. You know, this could have happened three months ago or a month ago or two weeks ago. Like. I don't know why that, you know, the, all of a sudden the trade deadline, we had to get Calvin Ridley. He's not going to play this year. But you put him with Kirk. Now you have two legit guys. I don't want to say it's the same level of A.J. Brown for Hertz or Tyreek for Tua. But this is becoming a common thread with, you know, highly drafted quarterbacks. Go get them a legit dude. And I think Calvin Ridley is very legit. 
and you get them at a discount. One more deal that piques some interest is the Buffalo Bills adding a running back and not the running back that anybody expected, at least not that I expected. Naheem Hines going from Indy to Buffalo. We'll get into that and the rest of the trade deadline action next. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. What do you love about Prize Picks? Well, first of all, it is super easy and you can make up to 10 times your money on any entry. How easy? Well, Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. All you do is you pick two to five players. If they score more or less than their prize picks projection, boom, you win. And you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry if you're picking those five players and you hit them all. Uh, you're not competing against other people either. It's just you versus the projections that are available at prize picks. For example, if you want to bet on this weekend's games, you want to bet on the Thursday nighter, then you pick a couple of players. You pick two to five players. You say, okay, I want to go more on passing yards here. I'm going to go less on rushing yards here. And if you hit them, then you win. And prize picks projections are not just about NFL football, although there are tons of projections for the NFL. You can find NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, golf, college sports, uh, motor sports, combat sports, MMA, boxing, everything, you name it, you can find projections at Prize Picks. Withdrawals are safe and fast, and currently Prize Picks is operational in 30 states and Canada. So download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit 50, Prize Picks will give you 50 more to play with. Don't forget, enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. I think one of the biggest stock downs now after the trade deadline, Matt, is James Cook. The Bills spent a pretty high draft pick on this guy to be a pass catching phenom out of the backfield, give them another look. And apparently they are not liking what they're seeing. They haven't utilized him hardly at all this year, except for some garbage time. And now they've just traded for a guy that has the exact same skill set, but the veteran version in Naheem Hines from the Indianapolis Colts. And uh, Zach Moss, who also has been sort of, I don't want to say bust is not necessarily the right word, but has never really you know been the guy they hoped he would be. So Zach Moss and a conditional 2023 sixth round pick, not a lot going to Indy for running back Naheem Hines. Yeah, I think it's worth it for the Bills. You know, I mean, uh, real quick, Ryan and I on Locked On Dynasty broke down all these fantasy what relevant ones. And it's funny because just last week we were talking about James Cook, you know, dynasty-wise, thinking, I'm not nervous yet. You know, he fumbled his first time. Now we're nervous. You know, like, this is not a good sign for James Cook at all. But, I mean, the Bills are funny to me in a way because they were rumored to be interested in McCaffrey Way back when they had McKissick sign, he backed out of it. Then they go trade for Cook, or then they, they draft Cook high. Now they're trading for Naheem Hines. Like they have this plan in place for a true receiving back. But my hunch is when it's all said and done, is they won't use them that way. They'll keep doing what they do and we'll score 50 points a game. Like, why is this this great need to change what you're doing? Like Allen will still run for 40 or 50 yards a game. He'll be the short yardage back. Maybe they dump a couple to Hines here and there, but it's not like they needed them. But they've had this bug up their butt about a receiving back now for a year. And now they now they got one. I wonder if Moss, kind of like with Edmonds, was, hey, how about we just throw him in? Because if we bring in Hines, we're going to cut Moss. You want him too? And I guess he's a suitable backup to Taylor. Change of scenery could do him good. I like them coming out of school too. 
Yeah, kind of just a short yardage guy. And I guess yeah. you have Deion Jackson there. So if you have to go one, two punch, you kind of have a situation. I don't know. Uh, yeah. The, the high, the, I don't really get the Heinz trade from the, the Colts perspective. I don't, I don't think they really got much back. Mm-mm. I have a theory on this, though. You remember okay. in Moneyball when the, uh, the, the coach wanted to play somebody? Yeah, Scott Hatterberg. Exactly. And what's his face? You know, Bean is like, well, no, you got to play this dude. So he just traded Hatterberg or traded whoever the other one was to give him no options. Like, yeah, he trades Carlos Pena. He's like, there well, you, you can't exactly. put Carlos Pena in the lineup because we traded him. Exactly. We got to pick for him. So quit throwing the ball to Hines. Give the ball to Jonathan Taylor a thousand times and we're going to trade him so you don't have any more options. There you go. That's, <laughs> That's the my theory. theory on it. I like that theory a lot, actually. Let's look at. Okay. So. Those are most of the big trades. There's there's some other moves that happened uh, before or after the deadline. Uh, is there any other trades that you you really want to cover here? Because I kind of want to get your thoughts on maybe teams that you thought nailed this or maybe that that made some mistakes when it comes to the trade deadline. I mean, this is just throw it out there. Dean Marlowe, they've had a lot of safety injuries for for the Bills while we're talking about them, and they're familiar with them. Fine, go get them for nothing. I mean, that's not a big deal. I'm scanning them now. Oh, the the Broncos also got Jacob Martin. I mean, because that's sort of noteworthy considering they traded a D-end, an edge guy, and they brought another one back. So it makes some sense. Didn't hardly give anything up for him. I did like the Ridley deal a lot. Um, I think Wilson. we've seen Wilson and Mostert together. We know exactly what that looks like, and it'll work perfect for that system. I think that's it, scanning these deals here. I yeah. mean, we well, talked, we about, talked Hawkinson. about Hawkinson yesterday. That was a big one. And mm-hmm. those that, that don't remember what the exact terms were, the Vikings acquired TJ Hawkinson, a fourth-round pick next year, and a conditional fourth in the following season 2024 draft and they gave up to the Detroit Lions a second round pick in 2023 and a third round pick in 2024 that's ultimately not a ton to give up you drop down basically two rounds in the 2023 draft and around in 2024 for TJ Hawkinson who could make a nice impact for your football team so I like that move for the Minnesota Vikings I like a lot of the moves for the Miami Dolphins yeah I, I just don't like that now with the with the, the first round pick of their own that got taken away. And then the other first round pick that they just spent on Bradley Chubb, they have no first round picks left now. So you're really in it to win it. So they got to go, they got to go win some football games and really go far this year to really feel good about the trades that they made. Cause they can't, it's gonna be tougher for them to add impact in the off season. So this presents a question I want to talk about too, is I don't think Miami is, I know they beat the bills, but I don't think they're in the chiefs bills class in the AFC, but they're, intriguing they're hard to play against their defense has got a little bump are they third in the afc in your opinion i mean i think they're one look those, great yeah yeah, yeah. I, I think they're definitely in the conversation they're right there with we talked about the cowboys and the vikings yeah yeah and you know for if power rankings the fourth best team in the league there, there's a number of teams that you could argue i think the miami dolphins are right there so i think they are fighting for that that three spot and then you get into the tournament and anything can happen right right i mean I mean, I, they could, you know, the Chiefs or Bills could get knocked off by someone. And before you know it, Miami's in the AFC championship game and mm-hmm. they got a shot, you know, and it's been a successful year. Absolutely. Uh, Kadarius, Tony, uh, Andy Reid is talking about how, yeah, he looks, he's picked up things pretty quickly, but there's one football and a lot of guys to get it. So uh, either 
Canary's Tony's not going to be a big part of it. And that's just, uh, they're just trying to see if they find something can get a, um, a third round, a late, th- uh, a, a dynamic wide receiver for a late third mm-hmm. that sticks around for a few years there. Maybe it's more about next year, or that means that he's going to be heavily targeted in this upcoming game because Andy Reid's downplaying it during the bye week. So we'll see what happens there with Kadarius Tony and the, uh, and uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm looking at the Bears. I'm psyched about that one, though. I mean, I, I'm sure Reed has a plan. Yeah, and, I want to see how how that usage is for sure. And I think this yeah. is them trying to say, hey, we, this is a, a first-round athlete. Can we get that for a third okay. and not have to spend all this on wide receivers and try to figure out that going forward and replace some of the dynamic ability from Tyreek that we lost? And um, I'm looking at the Steelers. I love – Steelers are a big winner, I think. Getting, I think they're a huge winner, yeah. Getting a high second-round pick for Claypool when they've got – players that they drafted and are developing behind them to just plug right in. So yeah, that, and from the bears perspective, man, so the bears, the bears traded Roquan Smith, Robert Quinn got back Claypool Claypool and down significantly in the second round and then downgrade in the second round. Like I I would have liked to see a lot. And I think they got a fourth and fifth too. Yeah. So they got some mid round stuff. I would like to see a lot more high-end draft picks for what they gave up and what they got back. So kind of C, C plush. I like that they're trying to do something there, but um, we'll see. Claypool has to be a a legit stud on the outside for them for that one to to make a lot of sense. And then you got to pay him a lot. He's only got one year left. So I look at a high second-round pick, what that player could be at wide receiver, long-term, a four-year rookie contract. Claypool better be good. Yeah, I don't think he'll be – worth that i think he'll be a starter but i don't think he'll be worth that and i don't think he'll advance or make fields's career that much more significant than a second round pick would have or whatever yeah. but I, I was shocked the steelers got that in return 49ers we'll see uh they gave up a lot of picks they got one fifth rounder back for jeff wilson mm-hmm. eli mitchell's coming back so they should be good at running back yeah they're if christian mccaffrey's as dynamic as he looked last week that trade might look better than i suspected it would have been because he's a lot more than a running back and you know how i don't like paying for running backs sure yeah. And he's a nice pickup for the Dolphins, too. I mean, Wilson plugs right in. Yep, absolutely. All right. Matt and I, back tomorrow, we're going to start previewing week nine right here. Peacock and Williamson.